Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's our lead pastor, Matthew Malik. We better pray, okay? I, I did have a backup joke if that didn't go over, but, you know, we'll, we'll save that for next week. Father, we do thank you for the opportunity to share your word. I thank you for this congregation. And, Father, I know that people are at different places in their walk with you. Some may be in a place of, of, of fear, anxiety, maybe doubt and questioning. Others may be in a place where they've seen victory and are walking in a place of strength. But, Father, no matter where we're at, we ask that you meet us at our point of need today and that you reveal yourself through your word so that we can embrace truth that can bring strength, encouragement, and empowerment to our lives. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Now, Jericho was a fortified city in Canaan, and it was a, Canaan was the place that was promised to the Israelites. And we're going to give you kind of a narrative as we get through, go through this so you, that you have kind of a backdrop. And uh, you can actually find out about Jericho in the book of Joshua. And uh, that's uh, where you're going to learn the biblical account anyway. And we'll be sharing some references from the book of Joshua, which is the sixth book of the Old Testament. So now the most commonly known theme that comes to mind in, in this story is the walls of Jericho falling down. Now, how many of you have heard the story about the walls of Jericho? The children of Israel, they surround it, round it, it goes seven times, the seventh day, whatever, and the walls come tumbling down. I mean, there's songs that are sung about the walls of Jericho falling. Uh, yet, I believe there's even a greater theme that we see when we really dig into the story. Now, the walls did fall, but there's something greater because the walls would have never fell without a dedication or a commitment of the people to their God. And this is a dedicate. We dedicated these children. And so this theme I want to bring into the message when we talk about the story of Jericho. Because this theme is important of dedication. And I have a scripture that you can turn to, Joshua 3, 5. Because this theme is the dedication of the people. It reads, Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Now that word consecrate means to set yourself apart. It's a form of dedicating yourself to the purpose of God. It's reserving yourself to be used by God. Whatever you consecrate is what you set apart for a special purpose. And when we consecrate ourselves to God, we're dedicating ourselves to his purpose. In other words, we're saying, okay, God, you can use me. You can have your way with me. You can do something with me if you can. Now, I'm the individual that I didn't think I had a whole lot going for me. Growing up, I was a geek. I had issues. I was very, very introverted. And I had issues. We all have issues, right? But when I came to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and the message of what Jesus did for me through his death on the cross and raising from the dead to give me life, I realized that if I open my heart to Jesus, 
that if he could do something with my life, he was the one that could do it. And so I made a decision one day, and I, and I gave my heart to God. I dedicated my life to Christ, and I do not regret that decision. And so this is a decision we see that Joshua, who is now the leader of the people after Moses' death, is calling the people to a place of consecration, a place of dedication because of what God was about to do or wanting to do in their life. And if they would not have done this, those walls would not have come down. Because the walls, and and you may have walls that are holding you back from a destiny, from a purpose, from what, what you believe God has for you, and those walls are intimidating at times when you look at them. And, and, and you, you don't know how to deal with the walls. But I tell you, you have to come to that place of consecration and dedication of your life to him. Because without dedication, the city would not have been conquered by the Israelites. Now, let's look at the man Joshua for a moment. Since the book is named after him, he's a significant character in the story. Would you agree? From the Hebrew name, his name is Yahshua, meaning Yahweh is salvation. It's, a, it's the same name that Jesus had. It's also a derivative of that. And it means to save. And he was raised up. Actually, he served Moses from the very beginning of the exodus from Egypt. See, they were, the children of Israel were 400 years in bondage. And God sent Moses as a deliverer, a deliverer to take out the people to the promised land, which was in Canaan, which is present-day Israel. And, and so he was with Moses from the very beginning, from that departure of Egypt through the trek through the wilderness. He was right there serving Moses in the mission that was on his life. Now, he was also one of the two spies. There were 12 spies, one from each tribe of, of the nation of Israel, that went into the promised land to spy it out. To, to come back with a report, to develop a strategy. This is how we're going to take this land because it's been promised to us, but there's inhabitants in there that need to be driven out. And so uh, he and Caleb were the only two that came back with a good report. The others came back and said, you can't do it. You're gonna, you, it's, it's a suicide mission, so don't even think about doing it. And so, but Joshua came back and says, let's go. That's, uh, God's given it to us. And so, uh, you know the story. Maybe you don't know the story. But if you don't know the story, they ended up, spent, because of that report, the children of Israel wandered 40 years in that wilderness. Let's look at Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Let's take it up from there. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, no, notice that he's listed there. It's shown as Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I've given it to you, just as I promised to Moses. Now, what's interesting, when you read through that entire first chapter, you see words of encouragement And if I don't get any further in this message, that's what I want to really communicate to you this morning. Because in verse 6, 
Joshua is encouraged by the Lord. The Lord is speaking, and he says, be strong and courageous. In verse 7, it says, only be strong and courageous. In verse 9, and we're going to put this one on the slide, verse 9, Joshua 1, 9. It says, have I not commanded you? He's already said it twice. This is the third time God's repeating himself. You know, God does repeat himself sometimes. And just like... uh, you know, uh, I need my wife to repeat things to me because I don't always get it the first time, okay? Uh, how many guys uh, kind of identify or connect with me on that one now? Yeah. Anyway, so this is the third time God's saying it. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For, Lord, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What a promise. There really isn't a greater promise in the Bible when you think about this, if you really study this out. And, and this is something that we too can lay hold of. And I believe this is what God is speaking to us as a church, as individuals today. Be strong and courageous. Why? Because there's a task before you. There's an assignment. There's a wall of Jericho that has to come down. And unless we're strong and courageous... In fear and intimidation, we'll draw back and we'll never see the victory that God wants to bring, okay? And so, also in verse 18, another time we see this passage, a verse that says, only be strong and courageous. So, repeatedly, we see this promise in the very first chapter of the book of Joshua. Now, I'm going to skip through some things. You know, I I think about the trek from the wilderness. Now, for us in perspective, did you know the distance uh, from Egypt to the promised land is about a 12-hour ride on the bus? Yeah, 12 hours. Yeah, they didn't have a bus back then, so they couldn't do that. About 480 miles. By air, it's only 264 miles. You know, that, that would not be too long of a flight like here to Chicago, maybe. Um, they should have taken the bus, though. <laughs> but even if they would have walked, it takes about 11 days by, on foot to get there. That's, why did it take them 40 years? Well, we won't get into that. That's for another time, another message, okay? But now someone said that if women would have been leading them, it wouldn't have taken so long because they would have stopped to ask for directions, Okay. Yeah, right, okay. Now, the concept of crossing over can be applied to situations that we face in life when we're going through transition. Crossing over for us would be stepping into a new season of life. Just as uh, for Andy Michaela and uh, uh, Jose and Amber, their first-time parents, and, and Jeff and Marissa, they've just stepped into a new season of life. They have these little ones now that, have demands, have needs, totally dependent on you. That's a new season in life. That's like a a transition. They've crossed over from just being a newlywed couple, just enjoying each other, to now have this third person, okay? Um, Yeah, it's fun, okay? So crossing over may present great challenges, yet brings great opportunities. Crossing over requires a willingness to change. 
and sacrifice of our preference to embrace God's purpose for the new season. Now, the children of Israel were used to being in the wilderness. They had manna. What is manna? Food just appeared to them on the ground. When the dew came on in the morning, uh, they went out and they collected this manna. That's what they fed on for 40 years. Uh, You know, and so all their needs were taken care of for them supernaturally because in the wilderness, there was not a Walmart to be found. You know, it was their trust in God to provide their basic needs. In fact, the scripture says their clothes didn't wear out, their shoes didn't wear out. Now think about that with a child. Their their clothes must have grown with the children. Now that's a pretty amazing thing. So it was these supernatural things happening. A a pillar by fire uh, heated the camp by night. A cloud by day protected them from the heat of the desert sun. I mean, they were in the wilderness, but it was time to cross over into the promised land, okay? Now, every wilderness has a purpose because a wilderness is a place where we may camp out, but it's not really meant to be a place to live. It is a place where people are incapable of meeting their own needs. The wilderness serves a purpose. It's the purpose where people learn to trust God. See, people learn to depend on God in the wilderness as as provider and supplier of their needs. Now, after coming out of the wilderness, there was a Jericho to face. And again, I said Jericho was a fortified city with a seemingly insurmountable wall. Now, a wall, what do you, what do you think about a wall when you uh, think about a wall? Well, you think about a barrier. You know, there's walls in every building, every home. The walls separate rooms from each other. Walls uh, make a, a place for privacy. Walls serve different purposes. Walls protect from invading armies. Walls hold people captive. Walls are, are part of life's existence. There's walls, okay? Now, the question is, what walls are standing in your way? So let's look at the fall of Jericho. In, in Joshua chapter 6, we'll take it up from verse 1. It says, now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I've given Jericho into your hand. With its king and mighty men of valor, you shall march around the city and all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up Everyone straight before them, before him. What a battle strategy. Can you imagine the people, uh, yeah, what's that going to do? Marching around the city. We're going to get some exercise. We're going to get steps in. My Apple Watch is going to look really good when it comes to steps for the day, you know. So what's, what's this strategy? What's this plan? Well, it was an obedience because God had a plan. But they couldn't see how God was going to bring the wall down. They just had to be obedient to the instructions. And, and so uh, I actually, I've been in Israel twice. 
The first time I was there, I purchased a ram's horn. And I'm going to have Jeff come up here. He plays a trumpet. Uh, I can blow this thing, but I can't promise what sound is going to come out. I was practicing last night, and I, I got a good few uh, toots out of it. Um, but uh, just so you know, this is a ram's horn. This is what they had back then. And uh, I bought this uh, on the north side of the city of Jerusalem uh, from a merchant. And he said that this ram was from the Judean hills. It was harvested there. So feel bad for the ram, but I got the horn, okay? So, so go ahead and, and take a couple blasts on that. A short, long one. Just do your thing, Jeff. I promise it's a lot better than I could do. So thank you, Jeff. Yeah, so now you think about that sound. You just heard that sound. The, ch- the children of Israel marching around the walls, and the priests are blowing that trumpet. And they're hearing that as they're marching around the walls. But the people are silent. There's a good reason, because they would have spoke so many negative things out of their mouth. God said, you better shut up because you're gonna, if you're gonna, you get in trouble if you say the wrong thing. Now, in, in verse 15, Joshua 6, 15 and 16, it says, On the seventh day they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. They really got their steps in that day. It was, at, it was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. Verse 16, And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Dropping down to verse 20, it says, So the people shouted, and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout, and the walls or the wall fell flat. So the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Now, Visiting Israel twice, I witnessed with my own eyes the archaeological ruins of the city of Jericho, ancient Jericho. You can actually go and see it. Now, I was shocked and totally surprised because the miracle of what happened at Jericho was not that the walls fell down. They fell flat. When the people shouted a great shout and the priest blew the trumpet. Now, think about this, okay? You have to try to catch this. They sunk into the ground so that the army of Israel could go straight into the city without climbing over the rubble or being crushed by the falling wall. And and as I'm standing in Israel looking at this dig, and they have this wall exposed... It is totally sunk into the ground. So talk about a miracle. Can you imagine people in Jericho, we're safe here. These walls are protecting us. And all of a sudden, and then you're facing the Israeli army. Oh! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now that's 
a miracle. And the proof is in the pudding. All you have to do is go to Israel, look at it for yourself. Because even if the walls would have fell down, they were still high, been 60, 70 feet to try to get over the fallen wall. That's, to me, hard to jump over that. They walked straight in. So the walls fell flat. It's interesting the Scripture doesn't say they fell down. They fell flat. How many of you never heard that before? Go to Israel with me next time then. (laughs) Then you can see for yourself, okay? I was trying to dig up some old video footage, but that was with old camcorder and the big bulky thing. So I do have it on film somewhere, but um, yeah. So, question. And, 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 and let me just say, what jerkle are you facing in your life? Now, it could be a financial crisis. It could be a challenge in the workplace. It could be a challenge in a relationship, a challenge in your marriage. You may be facing with oppositions, and you may be facing a sickness or a disease or some challenge in your life. And we know that people are not necessarily the problem. They're not the problem. But there's a, there's a force behind the people that can often bring affliction in our life. And so there, there's three words that I want to share with you and kind of leave you with. The first word is dedication. And I'm going to challenge all of you to dedicate your lives to Jesus Christ. Now, you might say, oh, I've, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. No, I'm talking about a fresh dedication of your life, a fresh commitment of him today. And the second word is courage. And that is so important because we need courage to step into obedience to do what God's called us to do. And then the third word is walls. There's going to be walls that will try to stop you in your journey, stop you in your assignment, stop you from the breakthrough God has for you. The walls of Jericho will certainly come down because God's already decided its fate. But you're going to have to be willing to circle it. And the problem with circling the wall, like with the children of Israel, they could have made the wall their focus. Oh, that's a big wall. How are we going to ever get past that? That's why they were told to be silent. Don't say anything because what comes out of your mouth may not be positive, might not be edifying. It may cause doubt and fear among the people. So just be silent. Just hang in there with me. God's saying, just hang in there with me. Walk around that wall. Circle that wall. And they were circling it over and over. And that's all, when you're circling the wall, that's all you see is the wall. But that's not supposed to be the focus. Because when we make the wall our focus, we fail to see the promise. And that's what God wants us to see, the promise, the promise in his word for the breakthrough that you need. You know, it's amazing. This is really a book of promises. Whatever crisis, whatever battle, whatever challenge you're facing, there's a promise in this book that God has for that situation. And if we make that promise our focus, the wall will come down. And so you have to decide what you see when you circle the wall. Are you going to see the promise or are you going to see the problem? Are you going to see the promise that the wall is going to come down? Or are you going to just let the wall stand? So when God's people shout, walls come down. And, and we've we got to end this service with a shout. So get ready. Get your voice. Start breathing heavy. <laughs> get ready for that shout because we're going to shout. It's okay to shout in church. You know. And yeah. Okay. 
Joshua 6.10. The worship team can come up at this time. Joshua 6.10. But Joshua commanded the people, You shall not shout or make your voice heard, neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. Now there's a time. Now there's a, a time to remain silent, as we said. They were instructed to remain silent until the appropriate time. Now, sometimes it seems that God will have you go in circles, and maybe you're in that place. You're just seemingly going in circles, which I believe was a strategy plan to defeat Jericho. You know, I uh, was flying back from Helsinki, Finland, a number of years ago, and in the middle of Atlantic Ocean, I can remember looking out the window and I was looking at Iceland to my right. So that's really cool. And suddenly, without warning, it felt like the plane collided with something. There was this abrupt And immediately, the plane began to free fall. And the wings on that plane, there was a DC-10, were flopping. And were going free falling. And people are screaming and yelling and crying out. I mean, and I'm thinking, okay, God, I'm ready to meet you. I'm praying. Jesus! And, and suddenly, the pilot put the plane in a nosedive. And then I'm looking out this window, and I see the ocean coming rapidly towards us as we're in this nosedive going straight down. I'm thinking, this is it. My life is over. Lord, I'm about to meet you. Suddenly, the pilot pulled it up. And we began to fly level. And then he comes on the speaker system and he said, um, I just want to explain to you what happened. Everything's okay. And people are like, Whew. <laughs> So he said, what, we, what had happened is, we were going along, we hit an air pocket, and the air pocket is where there's just dead air, so we lost our lift, and the plane began to drop in the free fall. And the only way to recover the plane is to go in the nosedive and then bring it up. Thankfully, he knew how to do that. And so we arrived to New York City, and we were socked in with fog. And the fog was so thick, and the, the planes were all circling and we continue to circle that airport now I was ready to get off that plane after that previous incident but we not only circled for one hour we circled for two hours we circled for three hours before we were able to land that plane now why were we circling because the conditions weren't ready for us to land. And so you may be circling a situation and you're wondering, how long do I have to do this? Well, there's a time that you can land, okay? There's a time those walls are going to fall down and you'll be able to enter in and take hold of the promise. Now, I tell you what, that trip, it was actually a trip. I was attending UWSB at the time. And there were 90 UWSP students from throughout all the UW schools, Madison's Point, uh, La Crosse, and Eau Claire. 
And it was a trip to the Soviet Union at that time. That's when it was still the Soviet Union before the fall. So we got on a connecting flight back to Chicago, and they were passing out meals, and none of us were hungry. I wonder why. And so the stewardess said, here, you can have two meals. I said, no, no. Then I, I told her, I said, you don't know what we just went through. And sometimes people don't know what you just went through. Because you may have endured a crisis, you may have endured a trial, but God brought you through safely. God brought me home safely. I'm here today to testify that I'm still alive, okay? And God will get you through whatever crisis you're facing. Right now, I can promise you that. But are you willing to dedicate yourself to Him? Are you willing to receive the courage that He wants to give you to be strong and courageous? Just as Joshua, can you imagine how intimidating it was to follow in the steps of Moses, who was such a powerful leader, and now it's up to me, Joshua. A different character, different mindset, different personality, but God used him in a powerful way, but he needed to be encouraged. Some of you need to be encouraged today. You need to be built up because of what you're facing. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time in the Word. We thank you. I know there's people here that needed to hear this message. They need the encouragement. But Father, we commit as a body of believers to dedicate ourselves to you afresh, anew. To consecrate our lives to you, Lord God. To surrender to your will, your purpose. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, nobody looking around. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I know my life is not right with God. And I'm ready to give my heart to Him today. I'm ready to start a journey with Him today, to leave my own doing, doing things my own way. I'm ready to serve God. I'm ready to follow Jesus. If that's you, raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for lifting those hands. Thank you for your honesty. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Now, we're going to pray in a moment, and, and, and uh, I'm going to lead everybody in this prayer. Why don't you stand to your feet? There's some of you that maybe you've followed God in the past, but you've strayed from the path, and, and you're here for a very special moment because you're coming home. You're getting things right, and God's going to walk you through this journey. Even though you think, I can't do this, Lord, He's going to give you encouragement today. Be strong and courageous. You can do this thing. You can conquer that enemy in your life. It might be some addiction. That wall may be an addiction. It may be pornography. It may be alcohol. It may be drugs. It may be sex. It may be something that is holding you back from what you know God has for you. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to pray a believer's prayer together, whether you lifted your hand for the first time or you're here today and say, Pastor, I want to consecrate my life afresh. I want to dedicate myself afresh to the Lord because there's a Jericho to be conquered in my life. There's a Jericho that needs to be defeated so that I can walk in the promise that God has for me. Thank you, Jesus. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I dedicate my life to you today. I give my heart to you. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead to give me life. And I put my faith in you right now. I give my heart to you right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. 
make my life what you want it to be. I surrender to you. I repent from all of my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we pray for this congregation, everyone under the sound of my voice, whatever wall they're facing, Father, that those walls will come down, that those walls can no longer separate us from the promise, that we'll be able to walk in what you've proclaimed for us to enjoy and experience in your presence. In Jesus' name. All right, on the count of three, we're going to shout. Now, this is not just a... Okay. Some of you, I know this is totally out of your comfort zone. You probably never, ever raised your voice in church above a whisper. But now I'm granting you permission to shout with everything that's inside of you to release it. Now, this is not just a shout to shout. It's a shout with a purpose to declare victory. This shout is praise to God for what he's done. Praise to God for what he's about to do because the walls are about to come down. Are you ready? On the count of three. Are you ready up here? One. down people's lives so that we can enjoy the victory that you have for us. Father, this is holy ground because you're doing something here right now in people's lives. This is holy ground, a place that's set apart for you to move only how you can move. For you are the one who saves, heals, and delivers. In Jesus' name. At the very end of the service, we're going to have a time of prayer for those that want prayer. But at this time, let's worship God with this song. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.